Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Never Made Varsity. What's they up? didn't kick us off the internet. <laughs> we made it. Who do we have with me today? My name's Colby, by the way. Who else is here? Uh, my name's David. I'm Maverick. And I'm still Aaron. <laughs> and we... Browns are going 23 now. Oh, my God. It started. It's already started. And we made it. And classes started. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. It's weird. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Three of us have started our senior year. I got a job. Aaron did get a job. I'm making minimum wage at the back center. <laughs> money is money. That is true. But yeah. Yeah, cl- classes are those things that are all the things around uh, band rehearsals, right? Yeah. The, the things exactly. we do around band rehearsals. When I'm not in band or doing RA stuff is that stuff. But yeah. Classes started. It's weird for me because like everything slowed down once classes started. Yeah. Because after RA training and leadership team training and band camp. I mean, classes, I'm like, oh, this is relaxing. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the room for an hour. But it's nice. How do y'all like your classes? It's a lot of student teaching stuff. I start, right. that, I start that next semester, so it's a lot of prepping for student teaching. And uh, I have one math class, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you verbatim what this man said in my math class. He said, cool, we're, uh, we're, this is Math 118, and we're going to see a lot of cool expletive <laughs> but our butts are staying on the tour bus. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of cool math stuff, but our butts are staying on the tour bus. What is Math 118? It's like uh, practical math or something. Like math I of the real world. I think that's a step below pre-calc. Just a little bit. <laughs> ah. So you were doing like algebra stuff. Yeah, I did. You are still in high school. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, this is uh, Algebra 1. No, um... <laughs> Find yeah. X. <laughs> I had no. It's weird because I had Found my. It. <laughs> <laughs> I had my uh, my more co- my my uh, what is it the QI credit. Mm-hmm. I had that taken care of from my music theory classes, which is quantitative intensive. Quantitative intensive classes, and then the quantitative reasoning credit didn't get taken care of, which is the easier one <laughs> that I just didn't have. That I just kind of overlooked, so I have to take this math class. So for the non UNC people, uh, QI is like numbers, like hard numbers math. Um, QR is like statistics and stuff. Also, a gen ed that we have to take here at UNC is VP, which is visual and performing arts. And being in the marching band does not fulfill that requirement. Yeah, it makes me angry. Every time I think about it, I took like film and culture, just sitting there and watching movies for my visual performing arts credit. Did you also take the ethics of comedy class? I did take that for my I'm philosophy. So did so you jealous. do it in the philosophy department or in the American studies department? American studies. I heard that it's good there. I heard it's horrible in philosophy. Really? Yeah. I, I had the time. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? Uh, one of my big classes I'm in, I'm in Irish traditional music and culture. Oh, shoot. I forgot. So to I'm learning about much. the music genre of my people, my ancestors. So it's really good to study that. A lot of mixed meter in that. Mm. Hmm. Not no no compound meters, not those simple meters like four four, three four. We got the, the one lolly, two lolly stuff. Music. Going. Yeah. <laughs> Music things. Mm-hmm. See I, I I just do marching band. If it's not whole notes, I'm lost. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, you also play doing. baritone. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also in a political science class on political parties and elections. It's a very relevant class in today's age. That's the class in Phillips, right? Mm-hmm. The dungeon. <laughs> so we have a class where we have a building at UNC. Like, pretty much for the most part, all the buildings look the same, except for this one. This one looks straight out of Duke. <laughs> it looks, it's so weird. The story is that, like, they took a building from the University of North, Northern Colorado and accidentally built it here. And put a building from University of North Carolina in Colorado is how the story goes. Or so they say. I hate that building so I'm much. I'm determined to never step foot inside of it. Don't. I, Try not to. I don't need to take any more math classes, and I'm going to take physics at home over the summer, if at all possible, and then I will never have to step in Phillips. That is smart. I had Calc 3 in there, and I cried every time I walked into that building. Yike. I know. It's not that great, but I live with it. And then I'm really getting to the thick of my language requirements because I'm a Spanish major. So I'm in a class, uh, Spanish 678, on the history of Spanish. So as it's like conversion from Latin to Spanish. Uh, that actually sounds really cool. And then I'm in Portuguese. Uh, we have to take a r- relative Spanish class. And just because por- uh, Portuguese is 
very much related to it. And I mean, even having my Spanish major, like I can actually read a lot in Portuguese just because it's very similar. Yeah. It's really close to Italian too, right? Mm-hmm. There's some Italian aspects in it as well. Yeah. But yeah. Aaron, what are you taking? I'm taking organic chemistry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I stick to them social sciences. Organic chemistry. I'm not going to say that it's not bad yet because the, as soon as I say that, there are going to be like 8 million things on the board at once. So I'm refusing to say that. But it is manageable at the moment. Um, what else am I taking? I'm taking class called Seafood Forensics. It's all right so far. It's one day a week, four hours. Wait, what kind of forensics? Seafood. Seafood? So like... <laughs> we're we talking crab legs here? Potentially. We're learning, we're, we're learning about... With butter. Mis, we are learning about mislabeled fish in like, in various areas. Like, at the end of the semester... Your lab group, you make a manuscript and you give a talk about it. So, like, you could do it about anything from, like, sushi to fish at, like, the Carborough Farmer's Market, stuff like that. And I heard it's a really good class. Seems good so far. I'm actually doing stuff. Then I'm taking Psych 101. In the second day of class, I did half of the mandatory hours of participating in studies in the psychology department. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's I, bizarre, right? I already maxed out on my online ones, so I have to do three and a half hours of in-person. Not excited about that, but I'm two class days into the semester and already almost done with what I've heard. It's the worst part of the class. Yeah. And then I'm in a class called Networked and Multimodal Composition, which is for my literary arts credit. And what we do what is, is the first month of the class, we uh, tell us we like develop a story, and then the last two and a half months of the class, you tell that same story in seven different ways. And so the first month kind of sucks, but then the rest of it you do essentially nothing, which I am not complaining about at all. That's interesting. So, like, the first time you tell the story is like a comedy, and then the second time. Well, no, no, no. no. It's like like a horror, and then you're like a Wes Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. So the so you do it. You do a podcast. You do a video. You do a website. You do a mobile app. You do a magazine. You do two others that I can't remember. We can just spend like the first like ten minutes of of our podcast and just have you do your story. I haven't started my story yet. He tried ju- giving us ideas, and he said he wants something that... The professor said he wants something that will last longer than just this semester, and so I'm debating between doing something about Cleveland and doing something about the band, leaning towards doing something about the band, because then that's easier for me to get material on, because the band is here. Cleveland's about eight and a half hours away. True. This is true. And then I'm also in marching band and symphony band. I am in, let me, I pulled up my calendar because I forgot what classes I'm taking. So, uh, my only class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday is sports sales, which is going to be a fun class because the, um, the professor's really cool. But so for our final exam, we're like selling actual tickets in this class. And the only way to get an A on the final is for your group to sell the most tickets. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And that's 20% of your grade. Right? So, like, that's terrifying, but I guess I'll just, like, sell tickets out my ass. Like, I don't know what else (laughs) I can do. And that's terrifying. I'm also in intro to jazz, and with that, I accidentally picked up a music minor. Oh, I want (laughs) to take that class eventually. I heard it's really easy. It's really fun. The professor is, like, jamming out on his piano all the time. It's pretty great. Who teaches that? It's one of the two Andersons. One of them, yeah. He plays saxophone. Oh, okay. Okay. I yeah. Know. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Sport in American history. I, I also want to take that one. Look, the first day we had the hardest sport trivia quiz I've ever had in my life. Was it harder than that Duke tent quiz that we took at trivia? Yes, it was. It was very... Mm, yeah, it was. It was so... Remember that Duke quiz you had to name every retired number the year that it was retired. Every Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4... Every regular season and tournament conference championship, 
every first round pick, every first pick, the leader in, I think it was the top five in points, rebounds, and assists. I could not do that for UNC basketball. That, that's what I'm saying is that we tried doing it for Carolina basketball and we fell flat on our faces. And there were, there were three of us doing it that are quite knowledgeable on Carolina sports, not one person like it is for the Duke test. Yeah, it was impossible. But like for this one, the like big question that everyone talks about is um, the four schools that have a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a president coming out of it. And, like, three you can, like, guess on, and one you will never get. I think Mav and Aaron know the answers. No, I I have no idea. Okay, so one of them is Michigan. Okay, all right. So I forget who the president is, but the quarterback. Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford, and then the quarterback's Brady. Stanford has two quarterbacks and one president. Uh, Navy has Jimmy Carter and Staubach. Okay. And the All last right, one, the, hey, give us Miami, a Ohio. Are you serious? <laughs> That's the easy one. So not all of us are from freaking Ohio. All right, Aaron. Miami, Ohio. Big Ben their? Harrison. Yeah. President of the United States. Yep, yep. Who is their quarterback? Big Ben. Oh, Big Ben. Oh, and, and Roethlisberger. In, in, oh, in okay. a couple years, Carolina's going to be the fifth school on that list with Mitchell Trubisky and James K. Polk. Mr. Biscuit. I'm waiting for it. But yeah, that was... um. That was a fun class. And then after that, he was like, forget everything we just did. This isn't a trivia class. And, like, we're doing actual history, which is cool. Um, I have research and exercise in sports science, which is just, like, statistics focused on exercise and sports science. And also sport admin things, so, like, studying budgets and stuff like that. Um, And band. 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 How is band going? Segways. Segways. Hey. (laughs) I uh, fell on one of those one time. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, band season's going well. We're getting this first show lined up and ready to go for uh, the cow game. I think it's looking good so far. I would like to say that I love the idea of Script Carolina. I think it's going to be really cool. But why are we not dotting the I in Script Carolina? Okay, so if you look on the YouTube channel for the band, um, for like the band, the person that dots the eye is Ramses. He like runs out with the flag and just like waves the flag. Okay, that works. But there's only one Ramses. There's two Ramses. There's RJ. There's RJ now. Didn't think about that one, <laughs> did you? <laughs> RJ is so pointless. I, okay. Stop, you do not slander RJ, okay? <laughs> All right? Do not slander RJ. RJ's for the kids. I met the Are person. Are the kids afraid of Ramses? No. But RJ's, RJ's at like um. Some of the other, like, wherever Ramsey's can't be, RJ yeah. is there. You know, I, I met the person that, or one of the people that is in the, the suit. The and, RJ suit? Yeah, the RJ suit. And she's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. I met some of the Ramseys last year. And, like, one of the Ramseys is, like, he is the same person inside of the suit and outside of the suit. <laughs> it, is, it was hilarious. But yeah. Dotting the eye. This will be it'll be a fun show. People love it. And yeah. maybe it um, looks cool. Maybe my previous experience as a Buckeye <laughs> is like making me want a dotted eye, but I just feel like it's incomplete without an eye without a dotted what eye. About the tuba. Yes, yeah, exactly. Excuse me though, we are Carolina football where we have a basketball player on our football helmet. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can't believe people got mad over that, over a practice helmet. The practice helmet. (laughs) We're talking about practice. Not Not a game. Not not a game. Not the game. But but practice. Not the game I die for. (laughs) (laughs) On on another unrelated note, the the drum majors all went out and got our our gloves and our hats. You're you're looking at the hat right now. Fancy. We're fancy. We're going to be stunting. Stunt, no, all of stunt. us with those white gloves. Heck yeah. Got that Michael. You need to like put rhinestones all over <laughs> one of the hands. How, how much? Okay, how much can we talk about the rest of the shows we're doing? Like honestly, uh, we should probably keep that under wraps because some of those are a little little secret. I figured, but yeah, um, script Carolina. I figured we've done that one before. Yeah, so yeah. We can talk about that. It's one. a nice one. Um, and then we, I mean, we can talk briefly about like how. Well, now nah, we'll save that one. Which one? For the uh, national championship uh, ring presentation. Gotcha. We'll save that one. Yeah. You can talk about that one. Oh, wait. We're going to be recording like the day after. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll talk about that one when it happens. Hopefully yeah. the game actually goes well leading up to halftime. Louisville. So the Louisville game. Mm-hmm. Ah! 
<laughs> we'll see. I'm scared. How's the trumpet section? How are y'all doing? We're the trumpets. The I best mean. section. I'm We're sorry good. I asked that. <laughs> Do you know how the altos are doing? Yeah, the altos are great. I love the freshmen are great. That's yeah, great. They're they're some of the nicest <laughs> some of the nicest freshmen I've had since I've been here. And that's saying something. We have four first year baritones. It's a huge number. We have fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen first year trumpets. Wow. Yeah, we have a whole four. We're really bringing up the count of the section. It's great. We went from being the smallest section to the smallest section, but with more numbers. <laughs> <laughs> we are down to one extra school trumpet. No, now two extra school trumpets. One of it, which in the spring will be taken by a drum major. The other will be taken by someone studying abroad right now. So we are out of trumpets. I mean, we have plenty of baritones if they just want to do some push-ups and grab fat and just play trumpet music. I, I also love how much people from the band listen to the podcast. I've had at least four right. or five people text me or come up to me in random conversation saying, hey, like, what do you think about this? Or would you talk about this? Or I heard your opinion on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> it's fun. All anyone's come up to me and talked about is me saying that my cousin thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what the fir- that's literally the first thing you said, I think. It yeah. is. <laughs> your internet debut. But segways, segways. I talked about the Cavs trade uh, at our last rehearsal. True, because the Cavs trade happened at no, the end of our rehearsal. it was last the rehearsal. end of rehearsal. And then everybody, of course, pulls out their phones because we have been good students and we've been practicing efficiently. And there was a collective yell <laughs> over the entire band. And so everybody looks to, on their screens and sees this huge Cavs trade that was made. And everybody runs to Aaron to see how he's doing to make sure that he's coping correctly. Either breathing or celebrating. <laughs> Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I, the, my watch, I keep my phone on the side of the field during band practice, but I still have my watch on me, and my watch goes on and off between getting connection and not getting connection, so throughout rehearsal, I was getting sporadic updates about the trade, and I was also getting updates fed to me by people around me with their phones, and the last thing that I, I heard from my brother, shout out to Andrew, that the trade that we were looking at had Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Zizic, and the Brooklyn pick. And then someone on the drum line comes up to me and is like, you know the Cavs aren't getting Isaiah Thomas in the trade, right? And I was like freaking out for the last 20 minutes of rehearsal. <laughs> and then we go off the field, and I see that we did get Isaiah Thomas, and I'm like jumping for joy. I almost dropped the speaker when I heard about it. As we were breaking down practice. And I'm happy about it. I mean, I and now, think it was a good trade. now, now that we've, I guess, semi-voided it, if we get Jason Tatum or who or Jalen Brown out yeah, of it, I would be even happier. But if we don't, I think that this hopefully improved Kyrie's value around the league, and we could hopefully get more for him in a trade. Like, hopefully, we could do the Eric Bledsoe, Josh Jackson deal that I wanted in the beginning. So for those of you who don't know like the details of the trade, right now it's looking like the Cavs send Kyrie to Boston for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, um, Zizic, I don't know how to say his first name, and um, Brooklyn's 2018 first-round pick. Which is probably going to be a top three, top five pick. Yeah, it'll be a high lottery pick. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we're standing right now. But IT still hurt. His hip. His hip did lie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just caught that like a half second. (laughs) I was like, tough crowd. (laughs) Also, something that I really like about the trade is that with that pick, we can either keep the pick and draft whoever this year, this coming season, or around the trade deadline, we can, if the Pelicans or if the Thunder aren't doing very well, we can trade that pick for either DeMarcus Cousins or Paul George, neither of whom I would be upset to have on the squad. That's fair. I mean, I feel like this trade just really addressed all the main concerns that the Cavs had. So, I mean, you're basically swapping point guards. I mean, in terms of stats, Isaiah Thomas did was on par, if not better, in some categories compared to uh, Kyrie Irving. Like, he scored 28.9 points this season compared to Kyrie's 25 points a game. 
Uh, and so, like, I've heard the big concern was, you know, IT is his own man. He gets his own points, and so he might not work well with someone like LeBron James, who's also someone who wants the ball at uh, critical moments. But, I mean, looking at the stats, I mean, Kyrie averaged 5.8 assists per game, whereas Isaiah actually averaged six uh, assists a game. So I don't really see that being much of an issue. I mean, it's really just the hip problems solving that. But with Jay Crowder, my Dallas Mavericks actually drafted Jay Crowder in the second round. You know who they got that pick from? Was it Cleveland? Yes. We uh, traded three second rounders to get that Tyler was, Zeller. That was the Tyler Zeller trade. Yes. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, he's a very underrated defender. I mean, the it seems like in the playoffs the only person he could not defend was LeBron James. Uh, and so I think that he's adding a defensive aspect that the Cavaliers needed this season. Uh, and then they're also looking to the future with this draft pick that they could usually get a star player and then add it on. So they're continuing to build onto the team. I mean, as far as, like, roles, like, Kyrie's role was get buckets. Like, mm-hmm. his role wasn't the distributor or anything. That was LeBron. They just needed someone else to get buckets. Yeah. You know, uh, IT is a four. He's a closer. Yeah. You know, you, you lose a closer in Kyrie, and you get an even better, arguably an even better closer in IT, a healthy IT. You know, if he's hurt, this, that's a different story. But a healthy IT, what was he average? Like, what, 10 points in the fourth quarter? I think he was leading that's the league ridiculous. in fourth quarter, fourth quarter points. Uh, like, that's that's not much of a drop off. I mean he I mean he's has a short stature, but he can he get buckets. Ball. He can get buckets. He can't play defense. That's the Kyrie thing. can't play defense either. Uh, no, those are that is two different levels of can't play defense. <laughs> Kyrie is bad on defense. Isaiah Thomas is worse on defense, but like you're just going for you're just going from black hole to slightly bigger black hole on defense. <laughs> And against the Warriors, that's not really going to make a huge difference because you're still. Uh, I mean, it could make a difference match wise you, you because you're, you're you can't IT. put you can't put Isaiah Thomas on Clay or Steph. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that you have to deal with him on Steph, but you can't put him on Clay like you, you put can't Kyrie deal on with IT on Steph. You can't. You can, that's the only thing, a, the only possible thing that I could see them doing is playing a zone with LeBron playing the free safety because, especially now that we have Jay Crowder, LeBron can play the free safety because he doesn't have to guard Durant. Well, late game, do you, you just go offense for defense? Just go college? Just sub them out every time you have a dead ball? Like, why not? Just put Derrick Rose in when you need someone on defense, switch him out for IT. I could see that happening. But I also think that you don't even – Derrick Rose is good on offense. It's not like he's a scrub. He, Derrick Rose, he had, what, 18 and 8 last year? Yeah, no, he wasn't a scrub, no. And he's your backup quarterback. He's good. Backup quarterback? So, He's wow, like quarterback. Wow. I'm already have my fine. I already have my mind on football. So, <laughs> I just drafted for my fantasy team. I'm looking at this article from SB Nation, um, article by Tim Cato, I believe how you say his last name, and they're looking at alternatives to Isaiah Thomas um, in the trade package. So the first one is two 2020 second round picks. Uh, I don't know about that. I feel like that's too far down the road. They're trying to wait. LeBron. Two second round picks is equal to Isaiah Thomas. I also do not think. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, his next one was a 2019 first round from the Clippers. Mm. Which I feel like that's not going to be a lottery pick. No. I'm also going to say no to that. What about Terry Rozier? Also going to say no to that. I'd take Isaiah, I would take Isaiah Thomas over any of those options. Night and day. They also have the Lakers 2018 first round. That would be under get, consideration. Yeah, it's starting to get... Something you want to look at. The Kings or the Sixers 2019 first round? No to the Sixers, maybe to the Kings. And then Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? I just I thought that they were in addition, not instead of. Well, this is if or that would make sense. Yeah. But like if IT if, can't go. Well, I think that the way that I understood it, it was that those would be put in place in addition of Isaiah Thomas and if I had a choice of any of those, I would take first choice, probably Jason Tatum. Second choice, Jalen Brown. Third choice, Lakers pick. But I'd say that the boundary of those first two choices is very – very. it's a gray line because, because Jalen Brown is a pretty good defender. Lock down. <laughs> And I would never complain about having more defense because we can do 
good enough scoring, especially yeah. now that we have an actual second unit and now that we are likely getting Dwayne Wade. That's a that, bold that was a, take right there, Cotton. <laughs> that was a ru- that was a rumor that was popping around a little a little, a little bit ago. You want you want expound expound on that one? Yeah, I saw like <laughs> all last week that uh, the Bulls want Dwayne Wade out. They were likely going to buy him out, and LeBron's camp expects him to sign in Cleveland. I think we need a we need a fire button. For, <laughs> for, we need a fire button on our soundboard. That will be coming soon. Hopefully next week. I just want to talk about how the Celtics did IT dirty, though. Like the Celtics or Celtics fans, Celtics no. fans. Well, Celtics, Celtics fans too, but also the organization. I feel like they. I feel like nobody has any. I mean, it's a business. I understand that, but this man, his sister died. Like, and he played. What he was went it? out and balled. He went out, out and the balled, next man, in yeah. the playoffs. And I feel like, you know, you got fans out here burning his jersey. That's just ignorance. That's just straight up ignorance. That's Boston. <laughs> yeah, we already had some other issues with Boston uh, earlier this year. That's just that's just Boston. It's just ignorance. It makes me it makes me mad that they treat somebody who did that for you like this man. How how tall is he? Five foot nine. He's five, five foot, foot nine. Three. <laughs> <laughs> he is all heart, man, and he gets buckets. He's Carla's height. He's my girlfriend's height. I think I could take him in a game of one on one. I guarantee you would get your butt whooped. I'll back him down. He's the worst defender in the league. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this one, how this one comes out. Rank on a scale of most likely to least likely: me beating Isaiah Thomas in one on one, me lasting one round of Floyd Mayweather, or me scoring eleven me's scoring against Stanford. <laughs> you beating IT. <laughs> oh, Second is again you beating IT. The third is you getting injured severely against the Stanford defense. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Let's talk about Star Wars a little bit. I'm sure people are excited about that one. <laughs> There's a group that went, yeah, Star Wars, and then they were like, ah. <laughs> so Mav, you want to talk about the Obi-Wan standalone? Finally, people, after all these years of announcing that they're going to do all these standalone films that will add to the Star Wars universe, the uh, wonderful people at Lucas, uh, Lucasfilm have decided to add a, or they have planned to add a Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone film to the Star Wars franchise, and I could not be more excited about it. Uh, he's one of the characters that is most beloved by the Star Wars community, uh, there's so much time frame to tell a story that could really add to the universe as a whole. Uh, and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with him. It has to be Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I was about to say, no, it, it has it, to it's be Ewan McGregor. certain that Ewan will reprise his role. It has to be. It's like a middle-aged Ewan McGregor. And so, like, that's the whole thing. That the thing, like, they why they didn't do it in either in the space of Rogue One or the upcoming Han Solo mm-hmm. film is that so that Ewan can age a little bit more so that he can better fit the part of a more between an Obi Wan between Episode Three and Episode Four, I feel like that's where the time frame of the story will take place. I can see that. I think I kind of want to see a like a on the ground. I don't want to see like a space like adventure movie with this. I want to see like a character driven, in depth, on the ground movie mm-hmm. about Obi Wan and his, you know, his emotional journey through. You know, he he must feel some blame for like steering Anakin to the path that he ended up on and just kind of how he deals with that. Yeah. I want a rom-com. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's, and that's what also people were talking about. Cause uh, I mean, they were saying that uh, the reason why they're starting to sprinkle in Obi-Wan into the force awakens when he had some small parts, like in the whisper, like, when Ray is grabbing the lights, he had a whisper yeah. <laughs> in one scene. And so like, they're saying that Obi-Wan's story is not yet fully told. And so some people are taking that as Ray might have some sort of a connection to Obi-Wan and that this story will help shed some light on that plot twist. I, I take it back. I want a Ben remake, like the Ben horror movie, but um, Ewan McGregor plays the rat. <laughs> no, absolutely. You have the worst, like the slyest smile on your face. Like you thought you just told some funny joke. <laughs> I just, I feel like that would be, I mean, you want a character driven. Think about Ewan McGregor. And I think it's a, it's a big challenge that they're going to have uh, to deal with when they're making this movie. 
just because a lot of people are saying like they love like basically we're taking the same characters and we're just basically expanding the story but rather some people are really wanting to take a completely brand new story that was that's never been told before and be able to tell that some people are afraid that this is going to be Obi-Wan in a desert for 18 years like watching Luke I think from that, a cliff I think that for this to work it needs to be very flashback based because I think that's a lot of what drives Obi-Wan's character development is dwelling on those past actions because what else does he do for 18 years? Make it a clip show. That's, that's <laughs> the big thing. And so also the big thing, who is going to be the villain of this? That could possibly be a chance to introduce some sort of a villain that has never been seen before, but we can't see really Darth Vader because it, would really, it wouldn't really explain the interaction that they had in episode four because it, it's implied where... Darth Vader is referring to the last time that they met was when they fought on Mustafar. And so really couldn't have a, a real interaction from, for this movie. We couldn't do Darth Maul because they've already addressed that in Star Wars Rebels, the TV show. Right. Uh, so And they're not one to really rehash scenes in multiple... That's canon. Yeah, yeah that's it's canon. already canon. They that don't really canon. rehash things yeah. in, in different mediums, I guess, for the series. So who would be the villain for this? I think that the villain is most likely to be Obi-Wan himself because I think that that's a big part of his character development is that he feels bad about what happened near the end of what happened with Anakin. And I think that that's what drives his character development. And I don't know. I don't really envision anyone else being the villain because the way that it's always been described is that he was essentially in solitude for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And so like like I said, it's, it's a weird thing where that's what it has been, but of course the canon can always be changed, and they would, they, that's something that Lucasfilm really wants to do is expand upon the universe. So my big question, will Qui-Gon Jinn make an appearance? I want to see Ghost Qui-Gon. I'd be fine with it, I guess. I'm not against it. Because, I mean, right before he leaves for Tatooine, Yoda says that Qui-Gon has finished his training. That's how we f- find out about the idea of being, becoming a Force ghost. And yeah. so maybe it could have a couple of scenes where Obi-Wan is learning it himself, and so he communes with Qui-Gon Jinn, and that could be somewhat of a powerful scene, I think, because everybody loves Liam Neeson, and especially Qui-Gon Jinn. It, Qui-Gon is another person who really is kind of obscure and ambiguous in terms of his storylines. Those two were the... Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were the two redeeming factors of... Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. God, I think this movie's going to be all about midi-chlorians. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to be in the classroom and you're just like breaking down the midi chlorian It's a powerhouse of the forest. Like, that's it. <laughs> Yikes. No, but um, I'm excited for it. Um, I I'm going to be excited about anything Star Wars. I, I just but. dig these standalones, man. I, I Well, standalone. I stand the last standalone. Yeah. And I, I liked what they did with uh, Rogue One. Some people didn't. That's fair. Some people who don't pay attention to Star Wars thought that it was episode eight. I li- I heard someone say, "Where's sucked. Ray? Where's Ray?" <laughs> they thought that it was episode eight. Um, but I'm I don't know. I liked the direction, I, I the gritty that, direction, the, the gritty on the ground direction of Ro- Rogue One. wasn't perfect. I'm not going to say that, but I enjoyed what they tried to do with it and how they took some chances with the franchise that people hadn't done yet. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I yeah. think that Rogue One. They took a big risk in not making it a Star Wars movie, and I think, I think that the main series movies are always going to be classic Star Wars movies because that's what Star Wars is. But I think that the standalones they can afford to take the risks and not make them traditional Star Wars movies because if it flops, then they just don't really consider it part of the storyline. And like, is they're this, back where they started. Is this spoiler friendly, or, or, or do we have to? You've had time to see the movies. Okay. Go ahead, Gus, go for it. The fact that every character dies and you're left with this harrowing feeling in your stomach and you're like, wow, everyone that I just saw was dead. And then it immediately cuts to to uh, Darth Vader just <laughs> effing up some commas. Like, people just just right. mollywopped all the rebels. <laughs> this like. is my biggest thing. that Rogue One gave us arguably a top three moment in Star Wars history. Top two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because Darth Vader and it's went not ham on some rebels, and it was epic. Like, if you could see the goofy grin on my face when that lightsaber lit up in the dark hallway, 
That was amazing cinema. <laughs> it made up for the terrible first act of that movie. Like, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, that was fan service to the max, but... Who cares? In a, no, it was <laughs> But it was just was, enough. It was, it was just yeah, enough perfect. to create maximum impact, but not be too much that it overpowers and it you know, overshadows the entire project. Just the tip. But then, just, oh my God. <laughs> going off of what you're saying, like, uh, I think Gareth Edwards took a lot of risks uh, in directing this and directing Rogue One. And so, but it seems like there's a problem between uh, Lucasfilm and some of the directors that they're trying to hire because at one point they're wanting to have this creative aspect to it where they're creating new stories. But at the same time, it's what kind of creativity are they asking for? Because now we can look ahead to Han Solo where it has been far less successful in terms of uh, pre-production and filming so far. So it started out with uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller uh, being the directors of the film, uh, and then they were recently uh, taken off of the project and now have been replaced by Ron Howard. And so they were also citing the fact that the directors, while they're extremely talented, they have a lot of films under their belt, uh, that really they have they have this style of improving while on the set where a thing like Star Wars needs a lot of coordination. You have to give a lot of direction to it, whereas they aren't really trying to do that. So they're doing their previous expertise, but it doesn't really work in the frame of Star Wars. Uh, and so they're saying like their lack of decision-making and like having a set plan really took some things off the rails, and that's why they had to replace actors. And so now that Ron Howard's in, he has to it seems like they might have to completely throw out the project and restart all over again. And so it's finding that fine line of what kind of stories do they want them to tell? I am, so I'm on the Wikipedia page for the Han Solo film. I didn't realize how early it came out next year. It's yeah, May 25th, it's, 2018. It's less than a year from now. It still doesn't have a name. Yeah, it's that's, not looking good. That's kind of concerning. I'm going to say that something that I think that I strongly disliked about Rogue One that I think they need to do a major job of fixing in Hans, in the Han Solo movie, which I think that they already have fixed because it's about Han Solo, is that I thoroughly enjoyed Rogue One, and I don't think I can name one character that was in the movie. Which I think is part of the movie is that everyone in the movie dies, but... K2SO. K2SO. Jin Erso is her name. Jin Erso, okay. Jin Erso. I was thinking Jin Erso. That's one that I was thinking, but I don't... I don't at, remember at, the rest at, of it. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you the villains. first thought, I, I can't, can't tell you one person's name because the only people in that movie that are in the rest of the movies are Leia, Darth Vader... Uh, what's the general's name? Admiral Tarkin. Admiral Tarkin. Sorry. Yeah, that's what it was. Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. My apologies. I was that, drawn. The, I think those are the only three people in the movie that appear in the rest of the film series. And because they're only in one movie and you don't have any time to really develop them, they're not memorable characters, which works in that movie, but like long term, is that going to work? Well, I think my thing about Rogue One is that the first act was so disjointed. It was like Star Tours, just like going to these different planes, never getting really a chance to like... You say the word disjointed, but everything compared to Suicide Squad is organized. Or, okay, so, is Suicide Squad our benchmark? Is that, is it's the what? benchmark for the worst Dude. crap I've ever seen. The worst editing I've ever seen in my life. So if you want to talk oh, organized, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk unorganized versus organized, Rogue One was organized <laughs> in comparison. So... Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Sure. But okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I know it's a large galaxy, but like they're literally doing another like planetary system every single movie. I mean, there should be at least a little bit of like overlap. Where surely there's same stuff going off on the same planets at the same time. They're just yeah. trying to add stuff for the sake of creativity. Where I think they could dial back on that. At least go back to like one place. Like hopefully in episode eight, I hope they go back to somewhere like Coruscant when they're trying to repair all the political chaos that's going on that's mm-hmm. happened from episode seven like surely they can go back to some planets for different things that they need for the movie definitely but i'm looking at the han solo film cast list and there are some amelia clark is in han solo and i'm here. excited they got um woody harrelson amelia clark don glover um homegirl from westworld tandy newton like 
it's encouraging, but it's also giving me vibes of fan four stick where you have an amazing cast and <laughs> <laughs> it possibly could be that. Whoops. Yeah. And see, that's the whole thing is that do you want to have a movie like Rogue One where it's characters who really don't get developed a lot, but it still has a, an important story? Or do we want to do something like Han Solo, Obi-Wan, where we have a character that is so beloved by fans and then just expanding upon their own story and giving them a new thing to tell for, for people? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We will definitely see. May the Force be with us all. God, please. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. <laughs> me every time I go into an exam. We're going to talk about how that's the equivalent of be water. Like, that's the Bruce Lee moment. <laughs> that's the, if I'm a bird, you're a bird. <laughs> oh, before we end this, what's your Star Wars order of movies? Of movies? God, I need to look at the list to make sure. Do you mean favorite or what order to watch them in? No, your, your favorites. Oh. Um, hold on. Let me make sure that I get this in order. Matt probably has his, like, his tattooed on his back or something. But <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> Because you said yours are things on the day, so mm-hmm. all right, here's mine. Empire Strikes Back. Yes. This is top to bottom. Empire Strikes Back. Agreed. Force Awakens. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Revenge of the Sith. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Uh, then we're gonna go and pick up Return of the Jedi. Uh, are we gonna count Rogue One? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put Rogue One after um, Revenge and Phantom Menace, and then you put like the holiday special, and then uh, Clone Wars, and then Rebels, and then some like the Family Blue Guy Harvest. ones, and then you <laughs> then you put um, Attack of the Clones um, all the way at the bottom. I think we can agree that Attack of the Clones is the worst. It's oh, yeah. so yeah. bad. So bad. But that's my order. Phantom Menace is terrible, too. But at least Phantom Menace, you get the pod racing scene. And you get the scene. And how do you hate that scene? They have a whole Does video game matter? out. <laughs> Excellent video game. It's also I played it, it for it years when I was little. The fates. That is the truth. That's what I was going to say. That's, Duel of the Fates is fantastic. The pod racing was also the worst part of Lego Star Wars. So I can never <laughs> forgive that. All right, who wants to go next? I got mine. It's, it's about to go down. So number one, uh, Return of the Jedi. Number two is the Revenge of the Sith, because I am a little bit of a fan of the prequels. Because really, Episode three is such could, a good movie. could be told by itself. I think. Oh yeah. If if that was the, the entirety of the prequels, I think it would have a lot better rap. Then the Empire Strikes Back, the original Star Wars. Episode 7, Rogue One, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, and then The Attack of the Clones. The grouping, I mean, other than The Attack of the Clones, it's, it's pretty close, I would say, with all of them. I mean, 2 is just all the way down there, in my opinion. It yeah. was, I just I remember being in the theater and just really did not enjoy that film, in my opinion. When you were, what, 6? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I remember my dad pulled me out of school so we'd go watch it. That's good parenting. Mm-hmm. Solid parenting. For Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? All right. So mine favorite one is Empire Strikes Back. That was my least favorite as a kid because I could never stay awake through it. But <laughs> I think it's the best movie. Then got to go with the original. Could be a standalone and it would be fantastic. Just like episode three could be a standalone as well. But episode four, you have the happy ending. And it was original. I don't know if you guys know, but originally episode four was three separate movies, and they combined the best part out of all of them into one epic movie. Oh, and wow, that would have been dreadful. Yeah. I'm glad they did it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Then I have episode seven. Uh, I think that it was a really good movie, but it was essentially the same thing as episode four, just with different characters. Then I have episode three. I think that Anakin versus Obi-Wan is tied for the best duel in the series with Duel of the Fates. Then I have episode six. was my favorite as a kid, but it's fallen a lot recently because the first act, like Rogue One, is dreadful. It's real bad. 
that whole job of the hut part is just fast forward. They just have they have to save Han somehow for that. So it, have, we're not. It, gonna, it, it we're, makes sense, but it's so bad. That whole remaster. Yeah, I was like, about. I was just about to say oh that. Oh my god. Ja- oh, that's also that's like that's, remastered actually that's also a major one. issue. Is that Jabba the Hutt is horrible, remastered and original. Yeah, I've never seen the original. To be honest, I think the biggest thing Han for me, shoots like, first. Han does shoot first. I truly value just the interaction that Luke and uh, his father had at the end of the movie. Like that's probably one of the most emotionally impactful things I've seen in the Star Wars series. Like when he's saying like, uh, father, I'm, you're coming with me, you know, I've got to save you. And then he looks at him in the eye. He's like, you already have son. Like that, that gets sense chills down my spine. Like that's like my biggest thing I want for in this new trilogy is for somehow to have Anakin come back as a force ghost, because I need more of Anakin and his, and Luke. I need Luke to talk to his father, not Darth Vader to his father, Anakin Skywalker. Because I feel like that was some of the best uh, conversations and best dialogue that came from the Star Wars series to date. Yeah. Then I have Rogue One. Um, it's the same problem as Episode Six. First act is terrible. Uh, it also loses points for me because it's not, I'm not a big action movie guy. And that was a straight up war movie. Yes, exactly. And then big drop off Episode One, Episode Two. Those you skip those both. Yeah. Cool. It's my turn. Yeah. Number one, Empire Strikes Back. Number two, New Hope. Uh oh shoot, no. Wait. Let me let me no, I'm looking at it. I'm just trying to decide. I'm deciding between these two because it's hard for me. Because I really love Revenge of the Sith. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave episode four. So five, then four. Then I would stick for clarity. We're we're just doing movies, because I would put Attack of the Clones into my top three. Clone no, Wars. sorry, no, 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 sorry, The Clone Wars. Yeah. Not Attack of the Clones. Oh, God, not just Attack movies. of the Clones. Okay, so just movies. So five, four. I would put Revenge of the Sith. Then I would go... Hmm, that's hard. I would go Episode 7. And then I would go Rogue One. And then go Episode 1, Episode 2. As long as two is at the bottom. Did I forget six? Maybe. That's how much I didn't. Th- that's much I don't think about six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would throw in six behind Rogue One. That's fair. That's fair. All right, are we ready to move on? Yes. Yes. Let's talk about football. Ooh, we got back to sports. We have a game on Saturday. It's our first home game. Who are we playing? We are playing um, Cal Berkeley, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Golden Bears. Uh, I know nothing about Cal. So I feel like Jared Goff played there. Jared Goff played there. Aaron Rodgers played there. Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Winters from Cal. (laughs) Yeah, but this year, (laughs) the team that we're about to play, no clue. So I'm looking at this article right here, and apparently they had a really big turnover on their coaching staff, like a massive turn, like massive turnover. Uh, So they have a their coach is Justin Wilcox, who's in their first year. Uh, offense coordinator, Bo Baldwin, first year. Defensive coordinator, Tim DeRoyder, also in their first year. And they apparently did, they don't know who their quarterback is. So it's a lot like us. Yeah, yeah they, they <laughs> like had a situation a like uh, with a grad transfer who is now graduated now. Uh, so they have a sophomore quarterback who played two years ago but threw like 10 passes. So they are very questionable at their quarterback position. They also lost their running back, wide receiver, and several members of their offensive line. So, I mean, other than the coaching situations, they're really virtually on the same level as us, though. They have a lot of questions of who's going to step up, who's going to actually uh, provide when it comes to game time. They're doing the same thing that we did when uh, Gene Chizik came on board, where they're switching. We switched our base defense, correct? Yeah, we went from the NASCAR to... uh, We're in the base 4-3 now, but we run a lot of nickel. Yeah, they're they're switching to a 3-4 base defense from a 4-3. There are not many colleges... That run a base three four. I know, yeah. That's. I wonder. I'm interested to see their personnel, to see if they have the outside linebackers to do it. That's the question. Interesting. Very so. interesting. I'm counting that as a win for us, just because one, there's the stress of having to fly across the country, adjusting to that time schedule, and there's a new system that I doubt that the whole team 
is totally comfortable playing in that system, whereas our offense has been, for the most part, they've been indoctrinated with this system for six years. It does not feel like Larry Fedora has been here for six years. I know. It, it feels like he just got here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, basically, everything I've read about Cal has been like, they need to get their stuff together and fast because they're getting a lot thrown at them. And if they don't adjust, it could be catastrophic. And they, I, I don't yeah. believe they've identified a starting quarterback unless I've missed something. But we, have, we haven't identified one either. True. Hmm. I'm sure. I'm still interested to see what that looked look like for us. Apparently, their front seven is very good. But mm. their secondary is abysmal. I, I saw is their front seven very good in a 3-4 or 4-3? Because that's, that's question. <laughs> yeah. a big difference. Mm. That is a very big yeah. difference. The big thing I saw is like a stat where they haven't been a top 50 defense since like 2012. Yikes. So, I mean, look, we, we still have a very decent offense, I think, coming up. We still have Austin Prohl. Uh, we still have plenty of returning running backs who will be able to contribute. I think, and I still think our lines will be good because we were able to get a lot of uh, grad transfer offensive linemen, and so I think we're. It's the thing where either our offense is going to click first, or their defense is going to click first. Mm -hmm. I think with all of their questions with coaching staff running a new scheme, possibly, you know, different emphasis, our offense will click before their defense will, and so that's what's going to give us edge. I had us. My prediction was us winning twenty-seven to twenty-one. That's I think my we're going to put up points. We're going to give David a workout up on the drum major stand. Heck, yeah. We better run tag a lot. I think, I think we're going to win by a couple scores. I think it's going to be more than a one-score game. You know, it's just a question of our confidence on offense. If we go in scared, I feel like every time – the last two openers we've had, we've gone it's in scared. Been weird. It's just like a weird – energy and a weird vibe coming out of the offense and then for the rest of the season you're like pristine and perfect well yeah because you remember just as an example i mean mitch he had happy feet in the pocket when <laughs> that yeah. first that first game i mean he couldn't stand still but then i don't know it's just something clicked and he, was, he settled down quickly in that yeah. illinois game but like we did the same thing against south carolina two years exactly. ago so i think it's gonna be a close game in the first half but then in the second half we're gonna get our legs under us and we're gonna pull away from them yeah. The confines of Keenan Stadium are going to get to him. Yeah. So um, that's our um, that's our cow preview. We really don't know what to expect, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll hey, see. the ceiling's the roof, I mean. The ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. The so, band looks real good. I don't know what um, if y'all have seen the um, tunnel that we're running out of. We. As we. <laughs> or I guess we don't run out of those tunnels. We run out of different tunnels. But the team... That we make the tunnel. We make the tunnel. No, I'm talking about like the covering coming out of the tar pit. Yeah. The um, it used to just say it used to say tar pit, right? Yeah. Um, now it says um, ceiling is the roof, and that's I think that's great. That makes me happy. I'm sad that there are no hedges anymore. I don't know what yeah. Ramses is going to chew on. Ramses needs food. Like, are they just going to like bring a bush into <laughs> into the sideline so he has something to eat? It's important. All righty then. Let's move on to our Twitter questions. Um, first one from at Turner Metlicott. Uh, he wants us to talk about our favorite horrible movies. I know. <laughs> I definitely have mine. You're going to judge me so hard for this one. You ready? Yeah. Ghost Rider. Oh, my God. Nicolas Cage, movie. Ghost Rider. It's such a bad movie. It's so bad. But it's I really love bad. it. I will watch it anytime it's on TV. Anytime it is on TV, I will put that on. <laughs> I heard they did a good job with Ghost Rider in um, S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Have y'all watched that? I don't watch it. I have not watched it. It's, it was, it's a bumpy ride. <laughs> like, at some points, it's, like, amazing. And then at some points, it's like, I can do without this show. But they, um, they, apparently they did a Ghost Rider season that was really, really good. So that's interesting. Don't say Minions. I swear if you say Minions. Oh, I'm not going to say Minions because that's a good movie. Yeah, I was just about to say, he thinks those are cinematic <laughs> masterpieces. Are you saying they're not? They are not. I would disagree, but my, fa <laughs> my favorite bad movie is easily Sharknado. The first two were cinematic masterpieces, four horrible movies. Then the third one, I fell asleep. Wait, aren't there five? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I lost interest after the third one. Matt, what do you got? 
I really try not to watch bad movies. If I hear bad things, I don't go watch it. But well, but there's a different th- there's a difference between a bad movie and a bad movie. There are like, five Sharknadoes, by like the way. Apparently, I there are five. One, I think one that has like a lower rating that I watched a lot when I was younger was Van Helsing. And I, yes. Oh, I watched Van that too. Helsing, it was, if I'm not saying, was Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Jackman that played? Hugh Jackman. Yeah, they played. Like apparently it has low Rotten Tomato ratings, but it was it's basically like the story of Dracula. That's a good one. With like, but ten times more extra in terms of explaining the plot and everything. Frankenstein's got like. It's a weird thing to explain, like... Interesting. Like, his whole aura, I guess, or thing. And so, like, Van Helsing 2 turns into a werewolf. Yes. And then... They have this big... He fights fight. with Dracula. So <laughs> what it's like, is this movie? So it's, it's wolf versus bat, and then... It, oh, my God. It's it's amazing. That sounds that's good. a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm sad I didn't think about that one, because that's a good one. I have two. Um, one is Shark Boy... And Lava Girl. Oh, that's oh, no. great. Great one. I, I forgot. I was also going to say Spy Kids. No, the that's, first Spy that's Kids a good is film. good. Let me check Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty bad, though. I would put it's good in air bad. quotes. It's good. We were also kids when it came out. It has, I would say Spy Kids 2 is glasses. actually the horrible film out of the two. No, Spy Kids 3D. That's oh, 3D. the bad one. <laughs> that's also. No, Spy Kids 1 has a 93% in Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I no, Spike is, is I love that movie. Just having Sylvester Stallone <laughs> in Spike Kids 3D. I I every time I forget he's in that movie and then he comes up and I'm like, that's Rocky. I just <laughs> expect him to Rocky? spin around and go, yo, Adrian. <laughs> Another really good terrible movie. My mom's gonna kill me, but speed. I don't know if y'all have ever I seen watch it. Speed. I've never seen Speed. Yeah. I've heard everyone it's, talks about Speed, but I've never seen it. Do you know what it's about? It's the one with the bus, right? Yes. Yeah, Sandra, Sandra Bullock is, is it driving Ke- a bus. Keanu Reeves is in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if it goes below a certain speed, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. What a plot. What a concept. Yeah. Oh, my second one, um, High School Musical 1. Never seen it. What? That's also... Um, at uh, Bang Pinoy, um, Josh wanted us to talk about High School Musical. I love High School Musical. Like, unironically love High School Musical. It is unapologetically a bad, bad film. It's, the entire series. It's so bad, but I love it so much. Someone gave me a High School Musical 2 for my birthday. Like a, like a disc. <laughs> like, the, like a physical movie of High School Musical 2 for my, like, I don't know, it was like 11th birthday. Did you thank them? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's it's no. an avocado. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Aaron, how, how are we doing on time? I don't know. I was supposed to keep track of time. Oh my god! Right, I started mine late, and I'm at 54 minutes right now. But it's like that's it's nine twelve p.m. right now. I don't know when we started. We are at about seventeen fifty measures. Oh, okay, that helps. <laughs> at at one hundred twenty beats a minute, so that means that. Let, oh me do, let me do this math. You do the math while we move on to the next question. <laughs> do you want... Yeah, let's talk about this real quick. Um, let's talk about NFL preseason pre- um, impressions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix the next Twitter question with this one. We're okay. at 58.33333 minutes. Thank you. Beautiful. So I think Mitch Trubisky has looked phenomenal in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, and I, I mean, you know, anyone can do he's well. He's looked really good. He just looked like he's meant to be there. Yeah. You know? He and is it, Mr. Biscuit. Mr. Biscuit. He he runs that offense as well as you could possibly run a crappy <laughs> Chicago Bears offense. I mean, granted, he's running against base defenses. They aren't yeah. nobody's scheming against Mitch right now, and I still I'm still not sure if he has a starting job. I don't believe he does. No, he does. Technically, no, he does not. But man, he looks he looks comfortable back there, back in the pocket. I honestly give Mike Lennon until week six, and then it'll be Mitch Trubisky. I give him until week four. <laughs> When's, the, when's their bye week? <laughs> In five weeks before that. <laughs> but the Panthers, uh, we haven't get, gotten to see Cam a lot. Um, he looked good on that first drive. I didn't get to watch it. He looked good. Good. But I, ha- uh, I don't know how well he ran with the first, the first team, but defense looks solid. Like, down the depth chart, the defense looks solid, which is... A positive coming out of last year. 
um, we finally have experience back in the secondary, which makes me real happy. The Bears buy is in week nine, by the way. Okay, week five. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to mention that my Cleveland Browns are 3-0 currently. Hey, remember when um, the Lions, Lions went undefeated in the preseason? Yeah, well, you know, the last time the Browns were 3-0 in the preseason, the year was 1994. There was a total <laughs> solar eclipse. The Browns went 11-5 and and made the playoffs. One in the first round. And I would like to make it public again because I made it public last week. When the Browns win the Super Bowl this year, I will get a Browns tattoo on my back with 19-0. and 0. That Boy, trend. if you don't. That trend means nothing. Can we make an anti-bet? Uh, as in, like, if the Browns don't win the Super Bowl this year? Are you confident enough to put down something I'm not a that? betting man. Oh, <laughs> oh That's okay. a lie. I am not a I bet insignificant amounts. That's still betting. Yeah, like one cent. That's not a gambling problem. <laughs> mm. Instead of paying $9 to watch the fight last night, I paid $8 one cent. How much did you pay, Mav? $9? Yeah, I saved 99 cents. <laughs> that adds up. Well, that and how many losses the Browns are going to have, that's 99 problems plus all those losses that you're going to have this year. <laughs> What's your anti-bet? Oh, I just want you to do something embarrassing if the Browns don't win the Super Bowl because I know you're guaranteed to do it. <laughs> so... You have to wear your bag for a week. I'll shave your head. (laughs) (laughs) What? The paper bag for a whole week? Yeah. Are we talking, like, in class and everything, or just, like, walking to and from class when I'm, like, outdoors? Marching band rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be after marching season's over. Unless... I'll, I'll, I'll I'll give you this. If the Browns get eliminated from the playoffs while it's still marching band season, we'd need, we'd probably need approval, but if it got approved, I would wear the paper rag and a band rehearsal. Do it. All right. It's set. It's recorded. It is set in stone. How are the Titans looking? We did actually lose our uh, preseason game today to the Browns. Oh, or no. To, sorry, to the Bears. Mitch uh, had a wonderful touchdown pass that he made. We got to tighten up a little bit, but. Oh, my God. Uh, and moving oh, on. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, but they're they're looking good. I think. I mean, we still have a lot of things to fix, but we're going to be a lot better this year. We're we're on the rise, and we just have to keep putting different pieces together. I hate football, man. We're all so hopeful. Odds are, we're all going to be disappointed by our bye weeks, I'm our s- end of our respective <laughs> bye weeks. We're going to be like this season has we already got basketball. Been, <laughs> this season has already been a success for me. The last time I was optimistic about Browns football was a long, long time ago. I watched one Browns game last season. I've already watched three Browns games this season. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm proudly wearing a Trent Richardson jersey today. Last time I wore a Browns jersey was with a paper bag over my head. (laughs) I think we have pictures of that. Yeah, we have pictures of that. We can post them on this Twitter. We could also post the reaction video to Julius Peppers. (laughs) Or Jabril (laughs) Peppers. Uh. Well, I think that's all for Twitter questions. Um, let's go to our new segment, which is our weekly trivia recap. Aaron, do you want to give us our trivia recap for this week? Yeah, we did not do well. So, okay, first, let's explain. So, every Thursday at 9 o'clock, Carolina Coffee Shop, please sponsor us. Uh, Carolina Coffee Shop on Franklin Street has a trivia night. Um, three of us, me, Mav, and Aaron, and three of our friends, have a semester trivia team. Um, and odds are we're going to lose every week. But you know what? We're going to let you know how we do in the podcast. So, Aaron, how we do this week? Not good. <laughs> yeah. Also, there, we there, unsatisfactory. there are six members of the trumpet section that are trying to form a team against us. I gave them three rounds until they get overwhelmed and leave. Yeah, that's about right. If, so, like, trivia, trivia starts at 9. It normally runs until, like, 1130, and people normally It really starts up. at 930. It really starts at 930. 9.15 at the very earliest. Also this week, we learned that Carolina Coffee Shop is under new ownership. Yes. And now they do not let outside food inside of their establishment. And last, last semester, between the first two or the second and third rounds, I would always go and get a snack because, you know, I'm a grown Jewish boy. I get hungry. <laughs> and... I learned about this new rule between the first two rounds last week. And 
I learned about this new rule between the first two rounds last week, and I was already hungry at that point, and I was like, well, crap. What's and the new rule? The new rule is that there is no outside food or drink allowed in the establishment, but I was already hungry. And so, so what did you do? So I got some insomnia. I got insomnia a co- cookie. I got a cookie. And I was eating it on my way back, and I, I wasn't done. By, <laughs> I wasn't done <laughs> by the time I got back to the coffee shop. It's, like, literally across the street. And I, I, I thought I ate it kind of quickly. I didn't think it was too quick. So, so the way the coffee shop is set up, I'm able to, like, see out the door. <laughs> and, like, they have pretty big windows where you can see pretty clearly, like, who's outside. And I just, like, poke my head up, and I see Aaron scarfing down this cookie as fast as I've ever seen anyone eat a cookie. He went full cookie monster on like, it. I'm surprised I did not see crumbs flying out of his mouth as fast as he was eating this cookie. Was he good? It was very good. <laughs> I, I, I did not eat it that quickly. You really did. You really did. <laughs> I, I was, like, probably a quarter of the way done by the time I got across the street and was standing outside the door. And how long do you think it took me? I thought it took me, like, a minute to eat the, co- the rest of the cookie. No. It was at least, it two, was at most, like, two seconds. seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was enough time that I could swallow between each bite. You, your teeth had so much chocolate on it. I also got a pretty chocolatey cookie. I got uh, a deluxe triple chocolate, I think. No oh, man. It was... um. It was pretty entertaining. But that was our weekly trivia recap. Um, Carolina Coffee Shop, please sponsor us. Also, maybe Insomnia. We could have some cookies. And Insomnia. Just give give us money, please. The steak and eggs at Carolina Coffee Shop are phenomenal. I've actually never had that. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Honestly, no I, free t- I would take any sponsor. If you want to sponsor us or sponsor me, get in contact. <laughs> We have a Gmail account. We do have a Gmail account. Um, I don't know. Was it uh, nevermadevarsitypodcast.gmail.com? Don't trust that. Don't trust that. that com. Don't Go to our Twitter. Yeah, we'll DM put- us. We'll, <laughs> we'll slide in. We'll talk about it. Um, but we're over an hour. We're well over an hour. Yikes. So I think it's time for us to wrap it up. My favorite sportscaster at home in Cleveland. Aaron Goldhammer at the end of every broadcast. He says his favorite quote, f- favorite quote from his grandpa. And so I figure I'll bring it in here. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> See y'all. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>